0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. text for our message this morning comes from our Old Testament lesson from Genesis that was read for you a few moments ago. The title of my message is, Let Them Win. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Joe Seifert. I've served as an LCMS parish pastor for over seven years. I served as an associate pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Algona, Iowa for a few years, and then at St. Paul's Lutheran in Cheney, Kansas for four years. And for the last four years, I've been serving as an active duty Navy chaplain. My first assignment was in Gulfport, Mississippi with Naval Construction Battalion 133. And my current duty assignment is with the Coast Guard here in Charleston. If you ever have any questions about chaplain ministry, I'd be happy to talk to you about my experience so far, It's an honor to share the gospel with our men and women at arms. I also have my family here with me, my wife, Nicole, for whom I've been married to 18 years, our four school-aged children, Caleb, Michaela, Elijah, and Selah. And we're very thankful to be able to worship here at Grace Lutheran. I've appreciated the warm welcome from Pastor Wilsey and his family, and from Deaconess and all our brothers and sisters in Christ here in Grace. And thank you for continuing to allow me to preach here. It's really a blessing to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you all. It's good for me to get into the pulpit every once in a while and kind of kick off the rust uh, since I don't have that opportunity to do formal preaching in my assignment all the time. So with that being said, uh, today we're going to look at our Old Testament lesson from Genesis, which I find very fascinating. We get to encounter this divine wrestling match, this competition, if you will, between God and the patriarch Jacob. Now, there's a lot to unpack in this text. And in order to get a good grasp on it, we really need to go backwards. We need to go back to the beginning of Jacob's life. In fact, we're going to go all the way back to his birth. If you recall, Jacob was the second born of a set of twins. His older brother Esau came out before him. And yet little Jacob wouldn't be outdone by much. He followed close behind, holding on, to his brother's heel. His outstretched arm and his clenched fist was already trying to get a leg up on his older brother. And believe you me, Jacob may not have won that birthing battle, but that was the last time that this little brother would come in second. From that moment on, Jacob would be a survivor, a competitor, a winner. And I tell you, I can relate to Jacob. I've always had that competitive spirit myself, that competitive drive as my family can attest to one of my wife's favorite stories or maybe one of her least favorite however you want to look at it was from our honeymoon in Jamaica of all the things to do we were playing shuffleboard and man she was kicking my butt I was getting so frustrated and just as the infamous shuffleboard game began to heat up you know what she had the nerve to say I've got to go to the bathroom. As you know, I had the nerve to say, with great gusto and a wry smile, I replied, if you leave, you forfeit. As you can probably guess, things didn't really end very well for me. I'd like to say I've learned my lesson, but then just the other day, we're playing family board games, and I couldn't resist the urge to take things a little too seriously, I had to analyze, examine, and implement every possible winning strategy, even if it meant making the game not fun for everyone else. Before you knew it, dice were flying and feelings were hurt. Not a proud moment for Dad. Sure, there's nothing wrong with a little competitiveness and doing our best, but playing every angle to make sure we win can often bring out a dark side in us. Have you seen that dark side in others? Have you seen it in yourself? Obviously, I've certainly seen it in me. This dark side is what I want to talk to you about this morning, because we all have it. Jacob had it. But my goal this morning is to encourage you, to remind you that despite your sins, your shortcomings, and your failures, you have a God that loves you. In fact, he loves you so much, he is willing to put aside all pride and do something you would never expect God to do. He's willing to lose to you, to lose for you. This morning, the scriptures provide us a window to look through in order to see this radical love. Today, you and I have a front row seat to the divine wrestling match between God and Jacob. So let's start with looking at God's competition, shall we? What sort of competitor, sort of opponent is this Jacob? Well, I'll try to answer that question with another question. There are two types of winners, aren't there? They're the ones who play fair, who display great integrity, and are even willing to sacrifice on behalf of others. And then there's the ones who are willing to lie, cheat, and steal to get ahead. They scheme and they manipulate to make sure that everything ends up in their favor. Which type do you think Jacob is? Let me give you a hint. Jacob's name literally means heel grabber, one who supplants or deceives. Jacob infamously stole his brother Esau's birthright by tricking him into giving it to him for a mere bowl of stew. He deceived his own father Isaac into giving him that firstborn blessing that again rightfully belonged to his older brother. And later, he would fleece his own uncle Laban, pun intended, by tricking him into giving him all of his good flock. And finally, we have what is probably Jacob's most despicable moment in our text today, a moment of pure self-preservation. Now, to get the full effect of this shameful event, allow me to back up here a little in Genesis 32. So Jacob and his camp, they're approaching his brother Esau. Now remember, when Jacob had last left his family, he fled, for his brother Esau was so angry that he was going to kill Jacob. Now verse 6 says this, And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed as he well should have been. I mean, I'd be afraid if my angry, murderous, vindictive brother was coming to meet me with 400 men and no explanation. But that was no excuse for Jacob's disgraceful plan. Jacob decides to divide his company into two camps. His thinking is this, that if Esau attacks one, perhaps the other group can escape. His next tactic, he sends servant after servant ahead of him with all sorts of gifts for Esau. And then we get to see his final ploy right here in our text today. Jacob literally sends everyone across the river, but he stays behind on the other side all alone. What courage, what bravery, what sacrifice, right? Well, here's an idea could have faced Esau himself as the leader, as the husband and father. He could have put his own neck on the line. He could have trusted God, who had already given him the covenant promise. But no, he had to take things into his own hands and do what he does best, manipulate and maneuver. All of Jacob's life, he was a heel grabber when he should have been a promise grabber. Now, let's pause for a moment. You know, it sure is easy to come down hard on Jacob. We can point the finger and pile all sorts of criticism and blame on him. But you know what? I don't know about you, but his selfish, self preserving win when-at-all-cost actions sure hit home for me. How often am I that heel grabber rather than a promise grabber? I think of all the times during my own parish ministry when things weren't going my way and I felt like I had to take things into my own hands when I really should have been relying on God's goodness, God's promise, and God's timing. What about you? When do you find yourself reaching for that heel rather than reaching for God's promise? Is it at work? Are you unwilling to trust your colleagues are you pushing those ethical boundaries to get a raise and to get ahead? Maybe you're looking for that special someone and desiring to start a family, but instead of trusting that God has a plan, you have to make sure that you're checking every little box to ensure that it happens according to your timing and your plan. Maybe you're concerned about your children and your grandchildren and their futures, and so. You bribe them or even trick them into making the decisions that you want them to make. And when we think this way, when we act this way, we convince ourselves that we're winning. When in reality, we're losing. When we stop trusting God and his promise and instead rely upon our own efforts and strength, we're really letting the devil win, aren't we? But you know, the good news that, you, that I have for you today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is that you don't have to do that. Because you have a God that loves you so much, he lets you win. I'm reminded of when I was little and playing basketball with my dad in the driveway. And I think deep down, I knew he could crush me. I was no competition for him. Yet, of course, he would let me dribble past him and score. He would let me win why would he do that? Well, you know why. It's why you let others win in your lives, because you love them. This is the kind of love that God has for Jacob, the kind of love that God has for you and for me. While Jacob is all alone on the other side of the river, God shows up and the wrestling match begins. But this time, there's no scheming left for Jacob to do. No conniving, no tricks up his sleeve to get him out of this one. It's just him and God, mano imano. mano. And you know what God does? He crushes Jacob. All night, he battles with him, toying with him. And if there was even an ounce of belief in Jacob's mind that he could win, God erases it all in one fell swoop when he simply touches Jacob's hip and puts it out of socket. Jacob had no chance. He was defeated. He was completely outmatched, and yet he wouldn't give up. In an intriguing turn of events, Jacob cries out, I will not let you go unless you bless me. As Lutherans, we believe in the teaching that we are both saints and sinners at the same time. And this morning, we spent a lot of time on that sinner side of Jacob. But here, in this beautiful moment, we see the saint side of Jacob shine through. We see this spirit-filled, faithful response. Jacob finally gets it. He can't manipulate God. He can't win. And so he pleads for God's mercy and grace. Even though in this moment, God is technically his opponent, you could even say his enemy. Yet Jacob is able to see the goodness of God even as he wrestles with him. How are you wrestling with God? Has he been teaching you that you're not in control? Do you have aches and pains that you wish he would take away? Do you have relationships with friends and family, coworkers that just don't seem to go your way? Does it feel like everything is falling apart around you, like God is crushing you? Dear brothers, dear sisters, I pray that like Jacob, you are still able to see the goodness of God through it all, that you're able to see Jesus I pray that, like the widow in our gospel lesson from Luke today, that you continue to pray and not give up. Continue to fight the temptation to be a heel grabber and instead be a promise grabber. And what is that promise exactly? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. The promise isn't, if you're a good person, then God's going to bless you. If that was the case for Jacob, then he wouldn't have a chance. The promise isn't that if you pray really hard and if you're faithful, God is going to help you succeed. There are a lot of pastors and churches out there that proclaim that very thing. Another reason I'm so thankful to have Pastor Wilsey here at Grace Lutheran, a man who preaches the gospel truth. It's what Paul warns us about in our epistle lesson from 2 Timothy For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. No, dear brothers and sisters, you have a much greater promise to hold on to. The God that you wrestle with is actually on your side. In fact, the God you wrestle with loses on your behalf. Even though Jacob had clearly been beaten, God lets him win, and he does bless him. In fact, after the match is over, God gives Jacob a new name. Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have wrestled with God and have overcome. And this Jacob, this Israel, points us to a greater wrestling match. In one corner, you have sin, death, and the devil, and in the other corner, you have the Son of God, who takes on flesh the new israel jesus he wrestled with the temptations of the devil in the wilderness he wrestled wrestled with the accusations of the pharisees and the manipulation of the sadducees he wrestled with the doubts of his own disciples he wrestled with his heavenly father in the garden of gethsemane as he prayed take this cup from me but not my will but your will be done and he wrestled with the hurtful shouts of the crowd crucify him but did jesus fight back did he call down a legion of angels to smite his enemies did he visibly display his almighty power over all his creation no he let them win he lost to them he forgave them he gave up his own life so that we may live and this Jesus truly proved that he is the new Israel when he conquered the grave three days later. Through his resurrection, Jesus demonstrated that he had wrestled with God and man and had overcome. You may be wrestling with God right now. You may really be struggling, but just know that you have the risen Lord on your side. You have a God who takes selfish sinners and turns them into righteous children. You have a God that takes brokenness and makes something brand new. You have a God that takes failures and mistakes and beautifully redeems them for his plan and his purpose. So each time that you fail, each time that someone cheats you or steals from you, don't try to get even or plot how you can make sure that you're the one that ends up on top. Rather, let it be a reminder to you that you have a God that wrestles with you and loves you so much that he lets you win. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and protect your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.